sobre Pelé. É uma volta perigosíssima na meia-lua. Aí a grande oportunidade do gol do Brasil. Dois da barreira, Pelé e Rivelino. Caminha Rivelino, chuta gol! Brasil! Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Near Perfect Pitch. It's uh, it's a Wednesday for me. I'm not sure uh, what day you're tuning in, but it's been one of those weeks, hasn't it? It's one of those weeks where you look back and think, my goodness me, is it going to get any better next week? Uh, I'm also contending with some really dodgy headphones, so I'm going to apologise in advance as I adjust the microphone here. Um, I seem to only have the right channel. So it's had me all off balance here. I may well just fall off my chair. Um, we'll get into uh, into the shitty week that it's been. Let's be honest, it's not been the best of weeks, has it? Uh, what with uh, what with more and more terrorism, more just unbelievable political just shenanigans. Just it just blows my mind. Um, what can you expect to hear this show? Well, I started off kind of politically, and and, and that wasn't really my intention. Because uh, as if you are a regular listener, you know that I'm completely unprepared. I don't prepare anything. I just show up with a bunch of records. Um, but on the theme of politics, I think you'll be happy to uh, hear that uh, in this week's programme, I am chatting with uh, Mark Burgess. Mark Burgess is essentially the Chameleons. Uh, fantastic band uh, from Middleton, from Manchester. And uh, he talks at length about uh, uh, politics, music, stupidity, just the kind of stuff I like to talk about. It was a fantastic uh, a fantastic uh, uh, hour or so talking to Mark, uh, and uh, I share his sentiments, which also, I think, makes things easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier to chit-chat with people that, that uh, you're on the same plane with than it is if you're at loggerheads. Um, all right, this week, lots of stuff. This is what I'm going to try and get to, okay? The operative word here is try. Um, new release-wise, um, we have got um, some Willow Robinson, who I'm hoping to have on next week's show. Uh, some uh, some new stuff from Lapsley. Uh, Mertz have a new album out. Uh, some uh, There's a new EP, actually, from uh, Eagles and Butterflies. And brand new Pixie stuff as of today. Um Chagalaga was, uh, was teased today to, uh, uh, to fans alike. And uh, we, uh, we're going to play it for you. I... Uh, did a little bit of ripping, as they say, uh, and uh, if you do buy the album uh, on the digital format, you do get the track. Um, I'm holding out for the physical digipack copy, uh, so that uh, would explain why I had to uh, find other means to get said track and share it with you. Um, there's going to be some Easter House, there's going to be some South, some Family Cat, some Menswear, uh, some Shaman. Uh, hopefully they'll there'll be enough time for some uh, Ruts. Uh, there's going to be obviously time for some chameleons tracks, uh, football-related stuff. We're going to have some uh, some real sounds of Africa from uh, from 1990, the last time uh, England had a had a, a reasonably decent football team. Uh, and uh, this is the day when uh, the valiant, valiant, valiant Welsh went out, and uh, uh, anybody with any degree of a heart was was back in them to try and uh, try and make something happen today. It wasn't to be. Uh, they grossly overachieved, yet they did it with class and style, and just chuff for them, chuff, chuff for all my Welsh friends, anybody with any kind of tenuous Welsh uh, uh, connection. Thrill, thrill for the lot of you. Here's Waterboys.
Heaton, Rothery and Co. That's uh, the beautiful South with uh, 36D from uh, 1992. Uh, and that brings back some memories. That's actually when I first sort of came here to, to this neck of the woods in, in Canada. And uh, they were playing here. They were playing uh, Porter Hall. And I remember distinctly having a nice little game of five-a-side, a little kickabout. 
uh, down by the uh, the loading bay here at Carlton University. Trivia. Free. It's all free. Um, so we heard 3060, Beautiful South, and uh, before that we heard um, from uh, their third LP from uh, 1985's uh, This Is The Sea. That's the Water Boys. And that's harping back to, to old England. Old England is New England. Nothing's changed. Um, Brexit, exit, leave, stay. It's all the same. Uh, I'm still I'm still wearing my black armband when it comes to uh, the the moronics of uh, of the last few days and 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 the results that uh, came in towards the end of uh, last week. I shall try and pep myself up. Uh, coming up next uh, from the Fratellis. Their debut, uh, long played, did very, very well for them. It was called uh, Costello Music, and it came out in uh, 2006. And um, this particular song, I don't know, just sort of sticks in my mind more than more than all the others uh, on, on on the first record. Anyway, Vince the Lovable Stoner. We all know we've all got a Vince in our circle of friends, haven't we?
new gear that is from uh, from pixies and that is from the forthcoming record which is entitled head carrier and you can pre-order that on their uh, on their pledge page or you can uh, find all the links on uh, on all their social media uh, properties uh, pick uh, the uh, the facebook one seems to be the, the most concise out of uh, out of the whole lot uh, and prior to hearing um pixies just shriek out um chagalaga we heard Vince the lovable stoner by uh, the Fratellis. Um, we're going to hear next. We're going to hear some uh, some something from Wales. Um, it's going to be played anyway. But of course, there's some football relevance with regards to uh, the two 0 loss today. Commiserations, uh, anybody with uh, with Welsh affiliations should be well proud of yourselves. We're going to hear after the Manics. We're going to hear the uh, the Norman uh, Cook uh, produced Soccer Fan by Real Sounds of Africa which came out on Cherry Red Records uh, in 1990 and I mentioned before we had a fairly tidy team did, did England back in 1990 and uh, very, very good memories associated with this record. Dancing in uh, in clubs and pubs and uh, it was a good year. 1990 was a very, very good year.
success story continues. New records are created.
That's superb stuff, that is. That is uh, Real Sounds of Africa from 1990 on Cherry Red Records as remixed and uh, produced by Norman Cook, ex-House Martin, and essentially is the skinny man that is Fat Boy Slim. And uh, before that, we heard further by Manic Street Preachers from uh, from uh, the Everything Must Go record uh, released in 96 on, uh, on Epic. Uh, and this album is pretty flawless, all 12 tracks gems each and every one and uh, the further track was uh, a dedication in as much as the soccer fan uh, by real sounds of africa uh, was a dedication as well uh, uh, real sounds of africa goes out to uh, dana in in london and uh, further the manix uh, that's going out to dean in prague um, we're going to get into the cover me feature in just a second and this week is going to be a uh, it's going to be a double shot there's going to be two for the price of one. You know, all that BOGO stuff. Think of an acronym anyway. You're getting two, two cover versions. Uh, one after the other. Uh, forthcoming. Just wanted to remind you at this juncture uh, that uh, you can be in touch. Uh, and there are more and more ways as every week uh, passes by, it seems. So I'll run through them all systematically. You can email uh, the program at nearperfectpitch@gmail.com. You can uh, follow us uh, on Twitter at nearperfpitch. You can do the same thing on Snapchat at nearperfpitch. I've registered the URL, and uh, Near Perfect Pitch is soon going to be uh, a living, breathing blog. There's a SoundCloud page under the, the name Near Perfect Pitch. Instagram is Near Perfect Pitch. Facebook has a page, Near Perfect Pitch. Tumblr has a micro blog, Near Perfect Pitch. And uh, the videos are stored in the Vimeo repository at uh, vimeo.com slash nearperfectpitch. Um, and if you are listening to the show, then you obviously know how to get it. Uh, for those who I'm relying upon to spread the word uh, for uh, for the show, for good music and uh, a bit of music and football banter and uh, just a bit of fun, um, you can tell uh, your friends if they can't get it through the way you do. That didn't come out very well, did it? But uh, it's available through iTunes, Google Play, uh, Blurberry, Stitcher, TuneIn and uh, and Podbean and more and more being added uh, each week. I'm trying my best to try and get uh, to get as many of the of the major the major um, podcast vehicles uh, having having access to, to the show so I can get it into uh, into the homes of as many people as possible. So I'll keep you updated with that. So that's all the all the contact info. Uh, I'll talk about the cover versions uh, before I uh, click play. Uh, the first one we're going to hear is by uh, is by a band called Quicksand, and Quicksand are a, are a uh, they're a noisy, they're a racket, is what they are. They're from New York, kind of post hardcore, and we're going to hear a B side from 1992, uh, a Smiths cover, which I'm sure if you already know, you'll be happy to hear again. And if you haven't heard it, you might be pleasantly surprised, uh, shocked, stunned, and smile at the same time. Um, and uh, I did mention at the top of the program that we are going to be having a chat with uh, Mark Burgess uh, from the Chameleons. And um, we're going to be playing uh, as the second cover version in a row, immediately after the, uh, the quicksand track. We're going to hear... Uh, across the universe, uh, as done by uh, Mark Burgess, uh, with his uh, with his band under the the new moniker of Chameleons Vox, 
so it's, it's it's still Mark Burgess, but it's under the guise of Chameleon's, uh, Chameleon's Vox. And there's only one release under that moniker to date. But uh, as you will hear in the chit-chat at the end of the programme, um, Mark's hoping to do more. He's just waiting for the so-called planets to align to be able to get to, to work with the people he wants to. And undoubtedly that will happen, hopefully sooner than later. Sooner than later, that's a bit of a segue.
covering the Beatles is no is no laughing matter. I'll tell you what, these headphones are driving me mental. I've got this buzzing in my left ear. That was uh, fantastic stuff. That was uh, Chameleon's Vox from uh, their only uh, release to date from uh, 2013. That's from the M plus D equals 1 times 8 in brackets. There you go. That's uh, that's Mark Burgess. Uh, and on uh, electric guitars, there's uh, Chris Oliver and uh, Eve's Atlanta. We've got Jason Coverdale on drums and uh, additional acoustic guitars and backing provided by Matt Skinkis. Um, and uh, we heard uh, prior to that a nice racket. Sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? But uh, a really nice racket. Uh, you're not going to hear too many... Uh, thrash versions of Smith's songs that are, are remotely uh, palatable and uh, that was a very good one, that was Quicksand uh, from 1992 the B-side to uh, I forget the name of the single to be honest I'm going to look it up for you, I'm going to tell you right now see if I can do be, be, be a quick keyboard fella here for you yeah that was the B-side of uh, of Dying Alone rings bells now um, so give you a little uh, catch up we've heard uh, thus far some water boys some beautiful south some fratellis pixies the brand new one uh, manic street preachers real sounds of africa some quicksand and uh, and some chameleons up next we're going to hear from southampton we're going to hear some family cats uh, now they are uh, avid southampton fans and you can probably hear me ambling over here to the cd player because there's been a skip hang on a minute there you go it's all queued up nicely for you. So we're going to hear some Family Cat, and uh, I did uh, I did like all uh, all of their releases, bought, bought just about everything they did. They were on dedicated records uh, way back when, and uh, this particular single, Steamroller, I'm going to play the 12-inch version, uh, the fourth track of the uh, the CD single. So I've got about seven minutes to stick the kettle on and uh, unwind.
Barcelona. That is a band called Stay from their fifth LP called The Mean Solar Times. We heard an album track there called Last Time. And if the uh, the sonic majesty of that uh, particular track rung any bells with you, uh, oh, bell, another, another unintentional little uh, segue there. Uh, well, Andy Bell's all over this record. Uh, and uh, it's produced also by Owen Morris, uh, uh, notably uh, very famous for his production of, uh, of Verb's work and Oasis's work. So uh, that big, big sound um, is uh, its not a massive departure for the band, but uh, it's, it's certainly the most, uh, most polished and... Um, in my eyes, uh, best album that they have released uh, out of out of the five. Um, so uh, let's tell you what's coming up next. I think we're going to do the obligatory fall R track. Uh, this this particular uh, fall track is going to be from uh, the Cog Sinister uh, LP from 1991 called uh, Shiftwork. We're going to hear a song called uh, Edinburgh Man, uh, and then after that, uh, we're going to stay in that uh, in the, in the northwest uh, Manchester specifically, and we're going to hear uh, some Easter House. <laughs> Just repeats itself Keep me 
away from the festival And just give me a one quarter gin
that's a stonker, isn't it? That one. That's uh, Easter House from their uh, their debut LP from 1986 on Rough Trade Records called Contenders, uh, and that is a single from the same year called uh, Whistling in the Dark. Fantastic stuff. And before that was our obligatory fall oh, track, and this week was harping back to a shift work uh, from 1991 and uh, an album track called Edinburgh Man which I am dedicating to my family in Edinburgh, specifically the uh, the Paris family. That's for you lot. Thank you so much for just doing what you do and being there. I hope you're all well. Um, now, uh, this this week's interview is with uh, with Mark Burgess from the Chameleons, and I'm just I'm just grinning from ear to ear because uh, massive massive fan of uh, of Mark's output, and uh, the conversation was. Uh, I think it's very radio podcast worthy. It was a lot of fun. Um, so that's coming up at the end of this programme, as, as most of the interviews do uh, towards the end of the show. Um, next week, um, I'm hoping to be able to uh, share, with you, share with you the fruits of a chat I'm going to be having with Willow Robinson. Uh, Willow, to date, only has the one EP, and I'm going to be playing a song from uh, from said EP momentarily. Uh, it's going to be called Stones. Uh, so I've got a date with Willow on uh, on the old dog and bone, so I'll be having a phone interview with him uh, later this week and uh, hopefully be able to uh, play that back for you in next week's instalment, which will be episode 12. And after the, uh, the Willow track, we're going to hear some uh, Shed 7, a band that I... Uh, haven't heard for a long, long while, so uh, I purposely not played it to see if I can be pleasantly surprised and remember the song as it was in all its glory the last time that I heard it. To my bones, my cheeks felt like stones I know I've never felt this way You caught me out like a vulture gorging its prey Did it hear your voice every moment? No matter how loud I shout, my love will never transcend these hills Half of me is gone Leaving my core exposed to the cold wind The crisp frost rattling my organs Shouldn't left you so soon Every day waking up in a cold bed And the dull light exposing the emptiness of mine Frost rattling my organ 
Shed 7. That does kind of stand up. And by that I mean, not physically, but uh, in terms of its uh, relevance. I've not heard that song for years, and uh, that's Speakeasy. That's a single from 1994. Shed 7 uh, were uh, fronted by uh, a chap called uh, Rick Witter. Uh, now, um, I'm going to be uh, talking about uh, a particular uh, website and a series of uh, events that they're, for, uh, that they're putting out, which will have some relevance to uh, uh, to, to Rick. But what, one of the stories that, that, that I've never ever, well, I can't forget it really, is uh, Cockney rhyming slang and, and rhyming slang in general is something that I've always had a, a passion for and I've been compiling since uh, my early my early teens. Uh, just shoeboxes just full of, of, of uh, Cockney rhyming slang that is new vernacular uh, as opposed to the tried and true uh, East End uh, official Cockney rhyming slang. But uh, rhyming, slam has, uh, rhyming slang has uh, expounded the boundaries of, of, of the East End and is now uh, very commonplace in the UK. And it's always, uh, it's always nice to have a bit of colourful language. Anyway, uh, the lead singer, Rick Witter. Rick Witter rhymes with shitter uh, and i remember reading uh, i can't remember if it was an uncut or a mojo or an enemy or a goodness knows what but i remember reading way back when that rick witter thought he'd well felt that he'd arrived when he overheard one of the charlatans refer to the shitter as the rick witter there i'm a very giving person that's my that's my pearl of wisdom for you for the week um i'm a big fan of south uh, who are now defunct uh, but back in 2001 they did the soundtrack for one of my favourite films, Sexy Beast, starring uh, Ben Kingsley, Ray Winston. Fantastic cast, fantastic soundtrack, and uh, this uh, particular version is uh, an uncle variation of uh, the uh, cocaine and camcorders track, originally recorded by South, but uh, this is the uncle touch which has been added to this particular version on uh, the soundtrack.
incredible. Doing everything. Wanking, spanking, fucking, cocaine, camcorders. It's like ancient world.
feeling serene I do hope so that was uh, menswear uh, and they they sort of disappeared as quickly as they arrived really um, they had a uh, a modicum of success with uh, with uh, their debut long player called nuisance on London records uh, via the small label called uh, laurel um, and uh, that's daydreamer that was a single as well you can you can hear the uh, the sea in the background that's that's a clue and a half for you that uh, the gits feature is forthcoming and uh, for the uninitiated uh, the gits feature is an acronym for a get in the sea essentially a forum to uh, to lambast some moron and give them the title of you know the, the darwin award of the weaker or uh, or even even worse yet uh, darwinism just deals with stupidity some of these people are far beyond that um but before i get into that uh, uh, let's 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 get into what we actually heard we heard uh, we heard daydreamer of course and uh, the other components of the quick fire hat trick no the vernacular and the football references uh, we heard uh, lucretia my reflection from sisters of mercy uh, from floodland and um that record did uh, i think that did the best out of all of their long players and actually broke them in uh, in north america and prior to that what uh, led off the uh, the hat trick of uh, songs was cocaine and camcorders uh, the uncle variation uh, uh, south from the sexy beast soundtrack now you've all been paying attention to the news i'm quite sure that you have um south africa it seems that you can murder your girlfriend get six years and get out after three with a bit of good behavior i mean 
I just found that absolutely uh, moronic and, and insane and, and incomprehensible that Judge Masipa, we're going to hurl your arse into False Bay and let nature do the rest. It's time for some Chumbawamba, going back to 1992's Shh album on Agitprop Records.
can't look at you the same way Anticipating heartbreak And I know, and I know, and I know I'm putting on a brave face to meet you in the same place And I know, and I know, and I know Gotta let my mind find another space Cause I heard these scars never go away And now I'm running out of ways to numb the pain So if you're gonna hurt me, why don't you hurt me a little bit more Just dig a little deeper, push a little harder than before And I'm cutting down the seconds that we have I can see the end inside the last So if you're gonna hurt me, why don't you hurt me a little bit more Like breathing in the water Where's the law and order? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know You're sitting in the corner Hiding till it's over And it shows, and it shows, and it shows Building on my walls to tear them down Tell me that it's love Force me to drown Building on my walls to tear them down Tell me that it's stuff from Lapsley. Uh, Lapsley is a Yorkshire-born Merseysider and uh, that's from uh, first full length uh, uh, and that is uh, a brand new recording. It's called uh, Long Way Home is the name of the record. It's on XL Recordings and uh, we heard Hurt Me and I have uh, a sneaking suspicion I'll be playing a lot more from Lapsley in uh, incoming renditions of uh, Near Perfect Pitch. It's been uh, not a bad show thus far in terms of uh, output. We've got about an hour and 45 minutes and we've covered 
the likes of Easter House, Shed Seven, Willow Robinson, Menswear, Sisters of Mercy. Uh, reasonably eclectic within the uh, the realms of what you'd deem alternative indie slash not crap music. Um, I'm going to try and keep the eclecticism uh, uh, kind of chugging along nicely without uh, without surprising you too too much. But this is a rare treat. Um, I, I only play this every every once in a while. Just like anything else, you just don't want to overdo it. You don't want to get uh, get tired of it. Um, in my estimated humble and uh, rather unwanted opinion, this is the best club dance track ever recorded. Uh, and it's the genius of uh, Andy Weatherall uh, remixing uh, My Bloody Valentine's soon. Pure class. Here we go.
that Sandy Wetherill's remix of My Bloody Valentine's soon. And that is as rare as unicorn poo on vinyl. It came out as a limited uh, 12 on uh, on Creation Records. Available only uh, on uh, on one release in the CD format, and that's on uh, the Creation compilation, if you're really anal about it. Uh, that's uh, CRECD081 the 81st uh, full-length release by Creation, and it's a 12-track compilation called uh, Keeping the Faith. And if you can ever get that in your hot little hands, do so. Pay whatever it takes. I'll actually tell you what uh, you can also find on the, on this particular comp at the same time. You can find uh, work by uh, by Sheer Taft. You can hear Primal Scream, JBC. That's a brilliant uh, remix, The Great Awakening uh, remix of We Love You. There's some fluke and there's some uh, Sounds of Shoom. Uh, very, very good stuff. All 12 tracks worth getting your hands on. Um, now, who are eagles and butterflies? Well, essentially... Uh, English-born producer Chris Barrett, who now lives in uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, there's a new EP out uh, that he has called uh, Constellations. I'm going to hear this track from it, and we're going to come back and talk more about uh, the chameleons.
Well, there you have it. That's uh, Chris Barrett, uh, a.k.a. Eagles and Butterflies, and uh, a track called Comets of the uh, New Constellations EP, which you can get at the usual places. And uh, specifically, you can all you can find out a lot more about him at uh, a website called residentadvisor.net. Uh, Put a slash DJ slash Eagles Butterflies at the end of that URL and you'll go straight to his uh, particular page. I did say I was going to be talking about uh, the chameleons and I'm going to, uh, but I also wanted to uh, uh, say how lucky you were to be able to uh, take in the Andy Weatherall remix of Soon. And just one of those tracks where uh, you can literally dance your uh, legs down to, to, to your knees. Uh, it's a beauty and... Uh, I'm very happy to have shared it with you. We're going to hear something uh, by the Ruts, uh, maybe some magic numbers, uh, see, see, see what happens, uh, and possibly some Died Pretty before we get into the uh, the time of the show where we're going to be talking to, to Mark Burgess and playing a couple of uh, tracks to surround the chit-chat. All the uh, interesting URLs for the Chameleons and the new project uh, Chameleons Box is going to be uh, posted along with all the, the show details, the track listing, which I do uh, for every single uh, every single show, every single podcast. Uh, don't forget, uh, as a reminder, you can email me at nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. You can uh, go to the website, but you're not going to see an awful lot, but uh, I promise you I will get on that right away. Register the URL at nearperfectpitch.com. Twitter and Snapchat are nearperfpitch. SoundCloud is Near Perfect Pitch. Instagram is Near Perfect Pitch. As is Facebook, as is Tumblr, as is Vimeo. And uh, don't forget to spread the word to all and sundry. There's no excuse for not getting hold of it because I spend a lot of time uploading it to a, a litany of places, including iTunes, Google Play, Blurberry, Stitcher, TuneIn and Podbean. And as I mentioned before, I'm hoping to uh, have it uh, available at other podcast emporiums online as uh, as the weeks go by and never forget to listen to ckcu if you're in ottawa you can listen on uh, 93.1 fm and if you are outside of the broadcast area you can listen at uh, ckcufm.com and i'm uh, i'm using ckcu's studio here the production studio to uh, to churn out near perfect pitch on a weekly basis and needless to say i'm very grateful to them and I want you to also, uh, if you are into music, as I hope you are, if you're listening to this, I'd, I'd like to think that you're into music, uh, give CKCUFM uh, a try. There is something for everybody. Uh, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the oldest and most established and best community radio station in Canada by a long chalk. It's where I cut my teeth uh, uh, with two pints of lager and a packet of crisps before the hiatus, before the return of near perfect pitch. So we're going to hear, crack I'm excited about this, we're going to hear, we're going to hear some ruts. Yeah. 
from their fourth album called Doughboy Hollow. That's uh, Sydney, Australia's Died Pretty. And that's uh, the lead track from that record on Beggar's Banquet from 1991 called Doused. And uh, before that, we heard uh, The Ruts. Fantastic stuff. Need a bit of punk every now and again. Uh, and that's uh, that's the ruts you've got to get out of it. Uh, that's from a compilation uh, on Virgin Records, which uh, saw light of day in 87. And uh, if you want to hear a song, just ask. I'm very easygoing. Nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. That one was a request, ruts. And that's for Keith. I get a lot of Keiths on the show. I don't know why. Uh, but Keith, thank you, mate, for... Uh, taking the time to email in uh, and that one was of course for you um, a couple more tracks to hear before we uh, uh, get into the, the, the meat and potatoes of uh, the chameleons interview um, first and first and foremost I'm absolutely I'm totally stoked man as, as, as you know Vince the lovable stoner would say uh, from the Fratelli song earlier in the in, in the show uh, the chief is in town on Friday Noel Gallagher's here and I am uh, suitably excited i shall be there uh, embarrassing myself no doubt on on friday in the heat uh, and i think saturday uh, i'll be doing a similar uh, similar job of embarrassing myself at the cult um so if you're in ottawa i'm sure that you are uh, reveling in uh, just the onslaught of bands that are coming to time, town uh, during the jazz festival the uh, the blues festival and uh, city folk we are spoiled for choice uh, and uh, go out there and and support music don't just listen to it and stay and stay in your house and hold yourself up with the headphones get out there and see some live music as well um so we're going to hear uh, some Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds but first we're going to hear something by uh, the magic numbers <laughs> Thank you. 
dream on. That's the boss man. That's Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. That's uh, off the debut record, Dream On. And uh, immensely looking forward to uh, seeing him uh, on Friday. And uh, I hope that some of you will be there making a complete prat of yourself adjacent to myself. And uh, wanted to also let you know that uh, we heard the magic numbers before that. From their debut record on Heavenly Records from 2005, we heard The Mule, which is also a single, and uh, self-titled debut, that one. Magic numbers, good little band. They've been, uh, once they've been prolific, but they've been steady. A lot of material to, uh, to chase up if you are uh, so inclined. Um, it's time for one last feature before we get into the Mark Burgess chit-chat. And it's uh, Tinterweb time. I've uh, dispensed with that uh, terrible modem sound that I've uh, been playing of late. I'm just going to get straight into it. There's a website called uh, starshaped.club. Now, Starshaped is a, uh, it's an event in itself. So forthcoming in, uh, in September at uh, the garage in, in uh, uh, Highbury, Highbury Corners uh, uh, in London uh, on the 3rd of September, there is a Starshaped gig. And the gig is, is pretty cool because uh, the, uh, the, the poster, if you go to the website, which I'm, I hope you will, uh, to, to get your tickets if you are in London. If not, you can just uh, participate from afar anyway. But uh, they're going to turn the clock back uh, 20 years and uh, make no bones about partying like it was 1996. So there's going to be, as I mentioned before, Rick Witter from, uh, from uh, Shed 7. He's going to be playing an acoustic set. Uh, him and him and uh, Paul from Shed Seven. There's going to be uh, some rare acoustic stuff uh, by Mark Morris from the Blue Tones. Space from Liverpool will be there. Republica. That's going to be Saffron playing on her own. There's going to be Pop Scene, which is a tribute to Blur. So there's going to be no Damon and, and Co on stage, at least not yet. Anyway, another band from Liverpool. There's going to be the Real People. Uh, there's going to be a Chris Helm solo set. Uh, Chris from uh, the Seahorses. And uh, there's a, a tribute to Manson, Tax Loss Lovers. Uh, they're going to be playing. And uh, very excitingly, Alan McGee's going to be doing a DJ set there. Alan from uh, Creation Records, etc., etc. But there's also a blog. They've got their event listings. And if you are in uh, major centres such as Manchester, London, Brighton, Birmingham, even Leicester, there are Star Shape Club events uh, coming your way. Uh, I love I love the website itself, nice and clean, based upon the the train spotting um, uh, poster, and it's uh, it's rather well done. So if you go there from the listings to the gallery to club nights to the festival itself, the blog and news, visit starshaped.club. I've put that on the uh, on the listing for the. Uh, podcast upload which is forthcoming so make a point of bookmarking that and uh, follow them doing lots and lots of good stuff you don't have to be uh, in the UK to be able to take advantage of some of the things that they're doing and sharing with one and all um, it's it's nearing it's nearing that time I'm going to play some uh, play some chameleons first uh, then we're going to listen to Mark and then we're going to play some chameleons Vox uh, after after the uh, the chit chat from from the LP, what does anything mean? Basically, this is uh, from 2009 in terms of a re-release with a bonus disc of original album demos, which I find immensely interesting. We're going to hear uh, Perfume Garden. <laughs> Thank you. 
1985. What does anything mean, basically? That's the Chameleons, and that is uh, that's Perfume Garden. Um, you can get all of the back catalogue, uh, and I'm going to put the uh, the link on uh, on the site. Uh, you can track down just about all of uh, the Chameleons' material, and they've done a wonderful job of reissuing it uh, over the years and embellishing it, not just with fluff, but with uh, with stuff that fans want. No fodder at all. Uh, everyone a gem, as it were. So, uh, delighted to have for you a, a chat with Mark Burgess. Please enjoy it, and I shall be back uh, afterwards to play one last song before I go on my merry, merry little way. Here's Mark. Mark? Yes? It's Tara. Yes, hi. How are you? Well, that doesn't sound very convincing. Well, it's been a very depressing week. Well, well, well it has. Would you, would you like to explain what's depressed you specifically, or is it just the bleeding obvious? Um, well, it's the obvious, I guess, really. I think, you know, seeing, seeing the country turning the, that referendum has, like, shocked me to my core. I mean, I was deeply, deeply shocked. I still am, really. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the initial shock's about it, but... I'm still really deeply saddened and, and, and disturbed by, by, by what's happening in, in, in this country, you know. Well, um, I, I... kind of woke up, really, because I've never been one for being very outspoken in terms of uh, politics, but this is just beyond the pale for me, you know. Well, I think, I think it's uh, affected <laughs> millions of people similarly in, in that they haven't sure. typically been political in the past, but... Uh, I've been watching it, of course, very closely, but being that I'm in Canada now, it doesn't have uh, massive implications on me personally, but of course it does on my family and my friends back home. And, and um, do, do, you feel, do you feel that um, people were duped by a very clever and sinister marketing campaign to uh, basically uh, run a campaign based upon fear and lies? I do feel that, yeah, but I wouldn't call it clever. I don't think there's anything clever in it. You know, anyone without a brain, um, and you know, could, 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 should have been able to see through that. You know, they, well, they, use, they use triggers. They use like you know triggers to tap into people's xenophobia and, and prejudice and disenchantment with society, and they just use triggers to you know to to, to, to ignite that. Um, and I mean, I think what disappoints me is that is that you know a referendum. On something of this magnitude, you know, the lack of the lack of research and the lack of um, sauce that people employed, you know, before going ahead and, and voting to, you know, to, for Brexit, it's just it staggers me. There's something that you know that they would use something of this magnitude to to vent what is you know probably a disenchantment vote on society in general. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and, and I'm actually, I, I commend you on being vocal about it because uh, many people have just touched upon it. And, but they, have, they haven't actually understood the, the, the gravity of the whole situation whereby it's, it's, it's essentially split a nation. And, oh, yeah. and, and that worries yeah. me. There's, there's already enough segregation in British society. We don't need another excuse, do we? No, exactly not. And I mean, you know, apart from anything else, it's like, um, you're talking about. You're talking about 40, year, 40 years of, you know, social and economic and political evolution. 
Yes. And to, to unravel that, you know, it's criminal to, to, to go up the country and lead the country and convince the country to come out in favour of leaving without having any kind of plan whatsoever on the con of the what you know a complete disregard for the consequences and no plan whatsoever of how to put that into motion. I mean, it's just the amount of chaos that this could, that could generate is staggering. And people are like, you know, <laughs> they're all like, they're so full of themselves in the xenophobic kind of view of, of the outdated, outlandish view of what Britain was and is, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, wanting your... It's staggering. I can't, I can't believe the stupidity of, of, of people. I mean, the only ray of hope that we have is that, you know, a referendum is not a legally binding thing. It's not even a, a politically binding thing. It's basically a glorified opinion poll. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, there are calls at the moment now saying that um, the Prime Minister, whoever that turns out to be, shouldn't have the sole responsibility of... Um, invoking Article 50, that that should be only invoked by an Act of Parliament, you know? Yeah. Um, a debate in the House of Commons and, and a Parliamentary Act to invoke it. And I think that is a ray of hope right there, because I think it's, you know, it's common knowledge that most of the House of Commons do not back the exit. No, no. It, so, it's, but it, whether they'll take, whether they've got the balls constitutionally to go through with that remains to be seen. Well, the, the, there's a petition, of course, which I know you've seen, which is which has garnered over two million signatures. And uh, the so-called experts are saying that legally, as you've alluded to, Mark, it's it's not it's not binding. It's tenuous at best. So it it just it's just going to be a matter of who decides to take it upon themselves with any 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 degree of influential power to be able to uh, well inform people because the level of ignorance. Is, is unprecedented. Yeah. I've never, I've never yeah. seen, and, and uh, you, you've seen, you've seen the Barnsley videos. You've seen the videos of, of what uh, people are doing on trams around Manchester, and yeah. and the mind, the mind boggles. It's not uh, you alluded to it again in, in in the conversation that it's not that clever. People have yeah. been whipping up right wing uh, uh, proletariat to, since since day one to to be able to to spread dogma, and and in that respect, it worked incredibly well. To, to dupe people into thinking that they were actually voting uh, to stop tons of Poles and Syrians uh, kicking them out of their own houses and taking their jobs, which is just and, and people people believe that and that that's you use the word staggering. I, I, I fumbled to find a word that's actually more uh, more representative. I, I just the mind boggles, doesn't it? It's completely insane. It's complete. And I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's like. Obviously, there's been a backlash towards that because because um, people are, people are, you know it's, you know it's, it's provoked this rash of behaviour this like nasty rash now has come out on the streets um, and and the obvious you know obviously there's been a lot of people come steaming in and blaming the you know everybody who voted Brexit for that right which yeah. is ridiculous to be quite honest um, you know obviously you know it's it's contributing but there's a great many of people. Um, who would, you know, stand up and write a line over. They're not racist. They voted exit, but they're not racist, right? But, I mean, when you engage them, in, when, you get, when you engage them in the more rational aspects of a Brexit vote, yes. I'm, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked by the level of ignorance that exists in those quarters. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, so I do. If I, you know, if I say to them, like, 
you know, do you, do, you, do you even understand what the single market is? Right? Yeah. And, and they can't tell you. They don't fucking know. Exactly. You know I mean? They don't know what they voted. They don't know what they voted for. They, they don't know what they've lost. No, they don't know what they don't know what it means to be part of the single market. They don't know. They don't understand what that means. You know, and they, and they were like, I've had uh, Boris Johnson quoted at me. You know, when Johnson was saying, um, you know, well, it doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. No other country in the world does what we what we're being forced to do. Well, in, in the first place, no one's forcing anybody. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Because, because it, you know, it was a unilateral agreement between 28 countries. And most of the things that are taken on board and adopted this policy by the EU Commission has the full ratification of the unanimous ratification of 28 states. Yeah, it's, I mean? it's not some, uh, it's not some uh, 49-51% split type thing, is it? No, no, I mean, you know, the claim has been that um, it's the uh, European Council that, um, uh, like the European Commission, rather, that, um, that make, the, you know, bureaucrats, basically, that make these laws and force them on to member states. And it's just not true. Do you know what I mean? It the is. European well, Council is made up. European Council is, is, is where these policies are adopted. And that is made up of um, all member, you know, representatives of all 28 member states alongside European Parliament, which is democratically elected. So none of that is true. You know I mean? No, none of it is true, but uh, but it was it was broadcast as being gospel, wasn't it? Yeah, so. it was one of the lies. It was one of the lies that was sold. You know, one of you know one of the lemons that was sold to the British people. Well, and you know, fifty-two <coughs> percent of them actually swallowed that fucking you know bit into that lemon. Oh yeah, they, I, I'm I'm just fucking staggered by that. Well, I, I, thanks, thankfully, Mark. Though I mean, Mark, I know, I know I know you wound up about it, and I'm really glad that you are because. You know, it's going to be the catalyst to other people that actually uh, just just kickstarting their brains and actually thinking for themselves. But I, I liken it to a marriage. I mean, the European Union wasn't a wonderful marriage, but every marriage necessitates a bit of work. Uh, and yes. if we just stayed in, we could have affected the positive change by being a part of it. And people don't understand. They think it's easier to walk away. I liken it to society where, oh, I had a fight with my missus. We're going to get divorced. Well, how about you talk about it, work it out and get on with it? Right. So I mean, you know, but th therein, therein lies, a, you know, a ludicrous reality in yeah. that, like, they're, they're saying, um, oh, yeah, but, you know, um, we'll, we'll still negotiate access to the single market, you know, and, the, you know, and the one that's been banded around is Norway. That's the one I've heard the most, you know, the Norwegian option. Um, yes. Utterly fucking ridiculous. Even the Norwegians say it's a shit deal. You know, like, <laughs> yes. In, in, in 2012, you know, they did their own kind of internal... Review of the, you know, the impacts of, of this uh, deal that they've got with the EU, and even they realised essentially, you know, in return for access to the single market, they got a pretty shit deal. You know what I mean? And some countries, no some say on, they've got, they've got to accept all of the rules and regulations and obligations that the EU hand out. They've got no say in the formation of those regulations or rules at all. They've got to pay a massive fucking levy to the EU for the privilege of accessing the market. And they've got to accept uh, freedom of movement, freedom of movement, freedom of labour. Yes. So that's the only condition on which Norway has access to the single market. Now, you're telling me that, that leaving the market like we are doing, right, and trying to enter into some kind of fucking agreement based on what the Norwegians have, whereby, you know, we've still got the freedom of movement. We have to, because EU are not gonna, they're not going to give it us without that. That's conditional. 
right? Yes. We're going to pay, we're still going to pay you to fucking amounts of money to the EU. We'll get nothing back in the way of rebates, subsidies, or fucking grants, right? Yep. No, you're, 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 you're preaching to the choir. I mean, you know, you know why, what, what gets me even more than anything, Mark, is, is that you're seeing the steady, the steady privatisation of a country, uh, essentially old Etonians selling the country to, to themselves and their family. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm living in a society here where finally there's, there's a, a modicum of, of progression where we've got, we've got a, a Liberal Prime Minister who was just participating in a Pride campaign yesterday which is the polar opposite of what could potentially happen, this is the opposite of what could potentially happen south of the border and what's happening in the UK. And the irony is, is that all this has done is given the Tories more bloody power. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I outlined the scenario, uh, which wasn't as outlandish as it on the surface might appear, um, by which we could find ourselves a one-party state. Yes. Because if Scotland devolves completely, Right. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like matters within the House of Commons on passing acts and passing votes and whatnot, you know, even though Labour's lost its foothold in Scotland, the the Scottish National Party generally will side with the Labour Party. Yes. Right? In terms of policy. So, but once they're completely devolved and independent, if they have a second referendum and vote to leave the UK, that's Labour's any support that Labour has had by a, the Scottish. Um, working classes is gone, vanished, right? Yes. Any serious fucking um, claim to be a party in opposition evaporates. There will be no opposition. You know, who's going re to replace Labour as a major opposition to the Conservatives? There's what, the Lib Dems, UKIP, you know, nobody. No, it'll be... Uh, that, it'll 50 be uh... years, you can have 50 years of Conservative domination. And the, and the, and the ironic thing in that, in that scenario is that it will have been the working class of this country that brought it about. Exactly. That is the exact. That's exactly what I was driving at, Mark. And, and it's yeah. it's it's the most cruel. It's the most cruel of ironies that I can that I can remember in my lifetime politically. And and, and if you want to extrapolate that even further, we've got we've got you've got a, a government that uh, is essentially running the BBC and the media as well, which obviously helped with all the Brexit uh, lies and, and, and bullshit that was being funneled that year, uh, and. That 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 uh, that opens the door for for Murdoch to have even more control over over what what bile and nonsense he spits out to, to to people who are very very susceptible to dogma. Yeah. So yeah. All that aside, all that yeah. aside, you know, if you take, <laughs> just take take a pregnant pause and take a breath. Is that mm -hmm. there's enough people that that have been significantly wound up to not accept what's happened, and and I and I firmly believe that this is in no way, shape, or form the end of it. It's going to be the catalyst to, to hopefully some common sense prevailing and some some kind of readdressing of the situation. I'm not I'm I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm as well. I, I read I read like you do, but the sentiment that's been stirred up is like nothing I've ever seen. And I think that uh, someone's hand is going to be forced in this. Not sure how or why, but something something's going to happen. It's not it's not the last you're gonna you're gonna hear of this. And I think that. Uh, the likes of, of, of your kind and my kind are going to gain more prominence and be able to affect more and more change. So let, let's have our fingers crossed on that because it's, it, it's not the sentiment of a nation. It really isn't. No, well, I'd, I'd like to be optimistic, but I'm not. You know, well, um, well, it takes, actually, it takes a yin and yang, doesn't it? So uh, I, I, have, I have to believe in it because I just have to believe that it sounds, it sounds rather, 
sort of a rose-coloured spectacle like in terms of good versus evil but I just have to believe that that that, that the people who are right will prevail, but and, and and right, I mean, obviously not with political leanings. I mean, correct. So that that's that's the politics out of the way, Mark. Hey, eh? yeah, <laughs> flipping act. So uh, before we get into music, which which is something that I gather you're good at, um, you want to talk about Man City? Do you want to talk about Man City? <laughs> no, you still are by all accounts, and I've got proof right in my hand here with the, with the CD. But do you want to talk about Man City for for a few minutes? Are you, yeah, are, if you want, yeah. Well, I'm just wondering what what uh, what what your expectations because it's going to be an absolutely bonkers season before before a ball's even been kicked in terms of mainly recruit. Well, well, on, on the one hand, you know, um, on the one hand, it's going to be uh, you know one more step in the attempt to transform Manchester City Football Club into you know a Hot. power comparable, if we're not already to uh, the likes of uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona and all the rest of them. Um, you know, um, they, brought in, they brought in a very, very um, astute manager, one of the most coveted coaches, um, arguably, in the world, um, with, you know, a massive, massive, massive resources, even more so than they had in Barcelona, really, because, you know, um, they've, they've, they've not been that financially, um, you know, stable. Um, in fact, they're under scrutiny right now. The, 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 the Spanish, uh, the EU are looking at whether or not Spanish, the Spanish have contravened their rules by um, subsidising Spanish football. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... That's, that's well documented, the, the shenanigans that goes on in Spain. Correct. So, my name's brought to Manchester City with all these untold riches to play with. Um, you know... You know, there's always the argument that, well, a great coach can go to a club that's got nothing and transform them, um, you know, in terms of, in terms of uh, riches. Whereas we've had, we, in recent years, we've had an embarrassment of riches, really, um, but still fallen a little bit short. Although I'd, I'd argue with that. I'd argue, people say we've fallen short. I, I, you know, I've been a Manchester City fan for my whole life, you know. Yeah. Um, a, uh, a real City almost fan. 50, almost <laughs> 50 years. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen it all. Um and I think, you know, it's been a relatively short time for me, the transformation between what Manchester City was and what they are now, um, you know, getting to the uh, quarterfinals of the, uh, semi-finals of the, of the Champions League or whatever, um, the quarterfinals, whatever, you know, the, um, I, that to me is successful, you know, <laughs> so, um, I mean, one day I think we'll win it, you know, I think they'll win it, I say we, I'm not playing, they don't pick me, but, I, yeah. you know, um, one day they'll, they'll win it. I'm glad. I think it's great for Manchester to have, you know, two colossal uh, clubs in Manchester. Um, I mean, I detest Man United. Don't get me wrong, but um, nevertheless, I think you know, um, if they make it into the Champions League, to have like two clubs from the same city competing in the Champions League is, is a fantastic thing. It is, know? and it's uh, um, it's going to be a yeah. lot of a lot of Hollywood in the press conferences with Guardiola and Mourinho, and then you've got uh, just down the road. You got my team. You got you got Klopp and you got Komen. Um, Who's your team? Then? Liverpool's my team. So we've got we've got we've got we've got a lot of uh, a lot of fantastic management in the northwest of England, 
and hopefully it will take away from uh, from the spotlight of, of uh, well, I, I don't know. That's hard to say with Conte. I'm sure he'll, he'll grab some uh, he'll grab some attention. I'm not sure how good his English is though. But but Guardiola versus Mourinho in a non-footballing capacity, just the prospect of having them going head to head in Manchester is fantastic. It's a great, it's a great prospect. Granted, it's it's glorified theatre and Hollywood, but that's everything the Premier League's ever wanted, isn't it? Mark? I've lost Mark. I'm going to get Mark back. Where's he gone? Mark? Mark? That was Murdoch having your phone disconnected. Yeah, yeah, trying to call me up. Yeah, um, you were talking. He's gone to Bayern Munich. He's been to Barcelona. Clubs that, you know, success to these clubs are as natural as breathing. You know, yeah. City have got a history of shooting themselves in the foot. So um, it remains to be seen whether or not, you know, now if we, you know, certainly if we've got one of the best coaches in the world with unlimited resources and we still can't crack it, then there's something drastically wrong with the club, you know. Well, I, I couldn't agree more, but as, as you quite rightly say, a lot of people are impatient because it's the order of the day in football. There's, there's, there's no time to nurture kids. There's no time to harp on the past. It's all about uh, winning, winning at all costs. But, you know, you've, you've, as a City fan, a lifelong City fan, you, you've, seen, you've seen the darkest of dark days. And, and you're quite rational. In fact, you're very rational in saying that you've experienced quite a lot in a short amount of time. I mean, two titles under two different managers... Uh, get, getting and progressing into in, into Europe as you have done, I think that's pretty good going. But uh, again, I think judgment will be passed after ten more years, and that extends to the brand in New York and all of yeah. the and all of the development around the Etihad. So it's it's not just a footballing project; it is an unmitigated PLC global global project. And for now, it seems to be okay. Guardiola or Guardiola, whatever you want to call him, uh, Pep, he's he's going to have his hands full. Uh, he's he's got to overhaul that squad. Um, is is anyone on your wish list that uh, that you'd like to see coming in? Because because uh, Aguero, uh, Aguero's numbers are just stunning. They're the best the Premier League's ever seen in terms of goals per minute on the pitch. But uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really really hoping that they're able to land uh, Stones for minute. Yeah, I mean they're talking about a fifty million quid uh, deal there. They Everton want they, they want about fifty million for him. If he's worth that, I don't know. But um, I would I would definitely definitely. Love to see him um, at the heart of, uh, of City's defence for sure. I think defensively is where we've got our problems. You know, um, we've always, you know, I think we'll continue as an attacking team, a pass, you know, an, a, an attractive football. That's what you know, Guardiola. I mean, I remember not too many seasons back, maybe two, three seasons back, him coming to uh, the Etihad with his Bayern unit and giving us, you know, we had, you know, a lot of really top talent in our team um, that night, and he gave us a lesson. In passing football, yeah. so um, I'm hoping you know that that will continue. Um, I think we are an attacking force. We're going to continue to be an attacking force, but I think it's defensively where we really need to uh, sort ourselves out. And I'm hoping that you know that is going to be you know, a huge step forward for us. So whoever brings in, I mean, I'd like I'd like us to have been at the front running for Pogba as well. But it looks like he's you know if he goes anywhere, it'll be back to Old Trafford, which is like um, you know great. Um, 
ammunition for me to write to, to you know to rag my mates who are United fans because uh, obviously they let him walk away at free transfer. <laughs> yeah, we've got to play. Now they're looking at a hundred million euro. Yeah, back. like going through a divorce settlement and marrying her again. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, Man City, Man City. We've, you've got a lot of work to you've got a lot of work to do. You've, you've got a lot of recruitment to do. Recruitment in, in a Euro year is always difficult. It's also responsible for for really hiked up prices. So uh, the next the next few weeks are going to see some silly money changing hands and uh, some some immensely high profile managers spending that money. Well, well, you know, surprisingly, you know, our season tickets are still you know relatively uh, um, sensible and, and fair. I think. Given the amount of uh, attractive football that the clubs bringing uh, to the Etihad, I think it's you know it's it's really fair when you look at other clubs in England and what they charge, like Chelsea and Arsenal. Yes. Um, I mean, I think that that's really good. I think the people that are running the club, I mean, not only what have they rejuvenated Manchester City Football Club, they've rejuvenated that entire area of Manchester. Absolutely. Um, they use local contractors to do it. Um, the, the metro link between the Etihad Stadium and the centre of Manchester was personally paid for by the owners of Manchester City Football Club. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, they've done a lot for the city as well. Um, so it's been, it's all been, it's all been good. It's all been good. Well, I'm just, I'm just delighted that that City are a contender that give, give, give that lot across the way. Uh, a run for their money, so at least I can, I can see them being deprived of six points a season if you, if you nick three, three home and away off them. Yeah. And yeah. uh, what, what I mean, now, you know, suddenly, you know, you know, they, they, you know, they haven't got it all the wrong way. They haven't got all the light like Manchester. And, and I think, you know, um, I mean, there was a time I used to go abroad in despair. I used to go to like places like, you know, fucking Southeast Asia. Yes. Uh, and they said, where, where are you from? And I said, Manchester, Manchester United, Manchester United. There's more, I meant more United fans in Thailand than, than, than actually in Manchester. Yeah, well, don't, don't don't get me started on North American Man United fans, Mark. It's just that's why I don't go down the pub anymore. It's safe, it's safer for everybody concerned, I think. But um, hey, what do you think of this uh, Zinchenko fella? Have you heard much about him? Have you, have you seen no, him play? Not really, no. You know, not really. I mean, you know, to be absolutely honest with you, uh, it seemed to me that like you know this lifelong love affair that I've had with Man City. Um, I had a crescendo with the first title that they won, you know, um, the way that we won it and the amount of time that we waited for it to arrive, to, you know, for me to see that. My father didn't live to see it, oh, sadly, that's a... um, which is a great, you know, regret that my father never lived, didn't live to see that day, but um, I did, and, um, and it seems that after that, everything is kind of like, meh, do you know what I mean? Well, like, bit of an anti-climax, you mean? Yeah, it's kind of like I haven't. It, it kind of quenched something in me. Like it, some of the passion that I've got for the game, and some of the passion that I've got really for cities, it's kind of like paled a little bit. It's, it's I wouldn't say paled, but maybe tempered. Do you know? What I'm, do you know what I'm trying to say? Well, I do it's because like, because footballers, you and I, I don't think I could ever as a, as a football high. I don't think even winning the Champions League, I don't think would it would feel as great as it felt on that day. When we won it in the last two minutes of the Premiership. Well, I think that goes down as, as an unprecedented. Uh, I mean, that 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 uh, the only thing that came close to eclipsing that was was Liverpool Arsenal. Uh, yeah. Back back in the, I mean, that this you know what you did categorically eclipsed that in terms of its uh, well, its its thrilling capacity. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, and being, but, and being but a, there, it was one of those moments like when United beat Munich and uh, 
Exactly. Yeah. They've got one. You've got one. Liverpool have got one. We got Istanbul, yeah. and 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 it's true. After after Istanbul, Europe does, it doesn't so much seem met, but there's nothing. There's nothing that I can even imagine in my little tiny little brain. Even if I could produce a Hollywood film, that could that could emulate what actually happened. So. No, nothing, nothing forthcoming will compare. But having said that, uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you again, and and uh, I'm sure City will have won the title in the meantime, uh, and I'm sure that you'll be suitably chuffed. But you, you can't compare apples and oranges. That was the, you know, that was that was the big one, and it, and, and the way that it happened was unlike anything. So that that, that just holds a, pr- a special place for you forever, doesn't it? Exactly. That's exactly right. And, and you know, I as a I'm one of those. City fans, who, who all I ever wanted was to see Man City competing at that level. Yeah, playing good football and and and, and giving a hundred percent. Yeah, and, and yeah, but com- you know, competing for that top four, top you know, top four place. I wanted us to be. I wanted City to be one of those teams that everyone's looking at as a as a as a as a serious rival. Is it is it fair to say? Liverpool's, your Arsenal's, you know. Yeah. Spurs, well, in terms of a fan base, I mean, you know, there's. Once upon a time, it was the likes of you and, and, and Leeds that, that were sorely missing from the Premier League because it's, it's a football city. So you need Man City in the top league. I'd even argue that you need Leeds and a couple of other teams at the expense of some of these uh, fly-by-nighters that have made it into the Premier League. But what you also need, and I think this is, again, what makes the Premier League so unique, um, is that as high-profile as it is and as exciting as it is for a world audience, and it is, it's undisputable, indisputable, um, you know, you've got you've got Leicester City winning the championship, and that that was so great for the league. Oh, it's great for football, full stop. Just great, just yeah, just just great. Absolutely, absolutely. For 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 the you know for the for the arguably the number one league in terms of you know fans in the world, um, for a team like Leicester to be able to do what they did within that league is 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 a fantastic advert for British football, for English football, uh, yeah, for football in general, but for English football in particular, given. You know the uh, the um, ostentatious nature of the Premier League. You know. Yeah, and, and the the ignominy that we have to witness on the pitch every time England take take the field. So, yeah. uh, and, and Iceland tended to to carry that little baton a little bit in the Euros too, which just I don't know. You'd have to have a heart of stone not to have uh, felt unbridled joy at, 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 at watching the Icelandic team play. Oh, I, mean, I have a lot of time for the Icelandic as a nation. Anyway. Yeah, of um, course. Yes. I mean, you know, to see them do that, but you know, it was kind of like embarrassment upon embarrassment, wasn't it? It's like it's not, it's not enough that we, you know, we get beat by them. It's not enough that they beat England, but then go to Paris and get absolutely fucking flashed <laughs> by two. That's so, it. Yeah. You know, it's like it just you know that compounded the embarrassment. But I mean, the timing of it, obviously, you know, I don't want to come full circle here, but the timing of it as well, you know, just this week, you know, just a rotten week. Out, just as we begin a big fuck you to Europe, England get you know humiliated at the uh, European Championships, and so I mean, I suppose there's a poetic justice in that. Really. Oh, there's been a, it's been a rotten week. It's also we lost we lost Carolina Hearn as well, so it's been a shite yeah. week, hasn't it? Yeah, that was a shock. Well, I mean, I, know, I knew she'd be ill. I thought she'd actually been in it though. I thought she was okay. I didn't yeah, I thought I thought she was in remission, but I, I guess they they kept their their cards close to her chest and yeah. very very sad news. So yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. Sad, yeah. It's been a brutal brutal week, and uh, that doesn't well, include it's been a brutal year. I mean, it started fucking Bowie in January. Yeah, it did, and then then we lost Prince, and then and, and, yeah. and, 
and these intermittent uh, terrorist bombs that don't get light of day on mainstream media that we uh, that you and I see on the likes of social media. Otherwise, we'd never be privy to them. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a shit year. So let's let's try and yeah. let's try and bring some chameleons love into the mix, yeah? Because yeah. <laughs> I'm about to slash my wrist, Mark. So I want I want to, I want to talk about something happy. Um, yeah. So is it? Am I right in thinking that what I've got in my hand, uh, the Chameleons Vox, uh, the the M plus D uh, releases, is that the the last thing that you released? Yeah, that's the last thing I released. Yeah. I just wanted to be sure because, with all due respect, I just wanted uh, to get your uh, uh, well your assurances because it's hard to keep track of what's going on because there've been a lot of reissues and uh, and uh, some some repackaging and, and all yeah. kinds of stuff going on. Is, yeah. is, is there anything that we can be looking forward to from, from Chameleon's, Chameleon's Vox in, in, in the uh, next while? You know, it's, well, with, with Chameleon's Vox, it's very, very difficult to predict anything. Right. Um, it changes from, you know, month to month and year to year. I mean, I've been saying for ages that touring's going to stop. Um, my manager and my agents are telling me that, you know, I can't do that right now because we've got all these agreements in place, promises. Uh, to play here, there, and everywhere. So, you know, getting out of the regular touring thing is is proving to be, um, you know, not not doable. <laughs> so you've got obligations into Which into twenty seventeen, have you? Well, that's kind of okay because it's I mean it's predominantly my living anyway. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like the Brexit Brexit campaign in that respect is that I'm like proposing to completely pull out of touring with no plan whatsoever. <laughs> I got no plan B, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. But um, I mean, basically, the EP that you're holding uh, came about when I was actually working on an album, and then things went completely pear shaped with John Lever, who was the drummer in the community, who was a member of Vox up until that time. Um, and things kind of fell apart with John, and my heart kind of got ripped out of, of, of my body, really, with uh, in terms of uh, desire. Um, so we put the EP out. Um, you know, we had those those tunes. The guy that Eva Tavern, who I've worked with quite a lot, came on board and specifically wanted to do those. So we did those, and we decided in the end we'll put those out in the meantime until we can reorganise and figure out, you know, how I'm going to continue to make a new a new record in the in the full sense. Um, and that desire left me for quite a long time. It's been quite a while um, for me to get that kind of desire back again because of the experiences that I had with this guy. So. Um, you know, as it stands at the moment, um, you know, I am, I have been writing with people, I am talking to people. There's one person in particular that I'm very keen to work with, who's having difficulty finding the time to devote, because he's got um, a lot of family issues and things like that to sort of, mm -hmm. uh, to, to, uh, to focus on. And he's getting the time um, to get that organised, and that's really what I've been waiting on, because I think, you know, it would be a better record if I had this person involved. So, there's that element of it. I'm still writing songs. Um, uh, and I'm eager to record them, and it's, it's just finding, you know, it's just getting motivated enough and getting the time, really, because I'm, I'm, I'm touring, I've been touring so much, I've been touring, like, pretty solidly for the last uh, six, seven years, you know, so um, my philosophy is that, you know, it's like a plan to realignment, when things come into light, alignment, it'll happen. Right. Um, I'm not under any great deal of pressure, I should be under a great deal of pressure, and maybe if I was under a great deal of pressure... It happened sooner, but I'm not under a great deal of pressure. Um, and you know, I will put something out as and when I think I've got something strong enough that I'm proud of 
that I'm willing to kind of share. Well, you, you can't know? argue with that, Mark. I mean, it's just I'm just being a purely selfish bugger wanting some new material. Yeah. That's all. Um, well, that's flattering, and that's good. You're not on your own. Well, no, I'm, not, I'm certainly not on my own, uh, as you well know. Um, so, so you, you've, as you said, last seven years, you you put on a lot of air miles, haven't you? Yeah. So, yeah, so what, what was the what was the where, where were you most warmly received outside of the UK? Oh, it's impossible to say. I mean, yeah. We're warmly received everywhere we go. Um, you know, I think. You know, if I, the things that come into my mind are some like great nights across Germany, some brilliant nights in Spain and Portugal. Um, we've had some great shows in Italy, um, you know, Belgium, everywhere, everywhere. And of course, in the, you know, uh, last year, uh, in 2011, we did, um, we were in the United States and then, and then like last year we did Canada and the United States um, and the reactions have just been absolutely amazing. Um, I think largely thanks to uh, you know Facebook and YouTube, um, we've been we've been getting such you know people have been coming to see us and um, just you know enthusiastically kind of like uploading on social media and on on YouTube and stuff like that, um, realizing that it's it's not just a bunch of guys doing chameleons covers, you know, um, it's more than that and. Um, and to be quite, you know, to be fair, I mean, it's become as much, if not more, about the audience than it is about the band, you know? Well, you've got a very, very, over the course of time, I, I'm one of them, you, you've, you've, you've accrued quite a, a loyal audience, an audience that stood the test of time, who are still uh, fervently uh, trying to turn other people on to, to your music. And as, as I was growing up and, and spent a lot of time uh, in uh, Cheadle Way, Stockport Way, um, uh, all the bands that were coming through at, at, at the time of, of, of your, uh, you know, your embryonic stage, I always, I always felt, even even in the mainstream press at the time, Enemy and Sounds, etc., that you just weren't given, uh, you, you just weren't given what you would, what, what you deserved. And, and, and I'm not articulating that very properly, but the credit and, and the the amount of records that your your output, the the quality of the output. You just never got the uh, the praise and prominence that, that I always thought you deserved. And how how did that prove to to be uh, a, a, something that spurred you on? Not really, no. I mean, no? I, I, know, I, I, have, I have no illusions as to why that is. To be perfectly honest with you, you know, um, I'm not one of these. You know, I'm not going to sit here like in self sympathy, you know, self pity, and going like, "Oh, we should have been. Why weren't we acknowledged?" Like, you know, I, I'm not because we. We are to blame for that. We didn't work hard enough. We didn't devote ourselves to it. Um, we weren't as focused on it as we should have been, maybe. Um, well, whether, I don't know whether we should have been or shouldn't have been. That's not really the, the issue. <clears throat> you know, we, um, but we weren't. We weren't, whatever the reasons, we weren't focused on um, our career as, as such, you know, in, in, in inverted commas. Um, you know, we, and we didn't work hard enough. I mean, we, I don't think, you know, as for as the time that we've been together, I think, we should have had double the output that we did, but we, we, we didn't. We didn't get together to work enough. We weren't interested in, in, in working, you know, the elements of the band that weren't really interested in that. We only wanted to do enough to just to keep it going. And, um, and that's pretty, pretty much the reason, you know, these big bands that get to the top, uh, the very top, like the peak, um, work at it. They work hard, you know, they, they're devoted to it. And they're devoted to each other and they're devoted to what they're doing and they're focused on what they're doing. It's all that matters. Um, with us, it wasn't like that, you know. 
Well, that's 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 big of you to say. Was just something that we did. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, fully, didn't fully appreciate what you what you had and what you actually were doing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we, you know, I don't think we did appreciate it, to be quite honest, though. I think we could have appreciated it more. I think we could have done a lot more, um, but we didn't. You know, we, you know, we had there was all sorts of distractions and all sorts of things that we were into and doing, and um, it got kind of in the way of that. And, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just it's just the way it was. You know. It, you know, as I say, we did the band when we, we weren't doing anything else, you know, we're like, oh, we better, we better get something together, you know, they're like, we're breathing down our necks, let's get, you know, and they really had to breathe down our necks to get anything to happen, you know. Yeah. Um, to get us in the same room rehearsing, you know, whatever, or writing, uh, became increasingly difficult. And, um, and that's, you know, that's just like four guys growing up in different directions, you know. Well, that's fine. That's organic. That's natural, and and, yeah. and, and fair play to you for not making uh, making up any excuses. It was just just you had a life to live, and the chameleons are a part of your yeah. life, but not everything. Bunch of lazy bastards, basically. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a I'd like to be an honorary member of your club because I think I've got the same the same kind of vibe. Um, right. It says it on <laughs> it says here that that um, you 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 can be playing um, the academy uh, just just before Christmas. Uh, yeah. um, just the talking. It could like a Gary Glitter thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just gonna have some long-standing Christmas residency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you um are you were gigging into twenty seventeen? After what, sorry, are you gigging into twenty seventeen? So well, I wasn't I wasn't planning to, but I'm told that we probably will be. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say you you were saying that you were kind of uh, obliged to fulfil some some contractual stuff. Um, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you know, we don't do contracts really. Uh, it's very rarely that we do contracts. We work on an honor system, but. Um, you know, it's just that, yeah, we, we you know, um, it, there's shows for people that are very difficult to say no to, let's put it that way. Understood. And, and you don't have to go into any more detail, I completely understand that. And uh, our, our, my, my, my last question that pertains to touring, and I'm not, not, not trying to put you on the spot, but uh, uh, are you, are you, is there any opportunity to come to North America again, or is that something that isn't even on the, on the agenda? I, I you know one of my you know, if I have any regrets is that we we that we we can't get or we didn't get or we don't get to play um, the North American continent and the South American continent because we were there as well last year um, more yes. than we have done. Um, it just comes down to basic logistics. You know, it, we had to have a kit, you know, like a, a pledge campaign last year just to get that together because it's so fucking expensive. You have to front, you know, and it, and it, you know it's not like. It's not, you know, with chameleons, I don't know if it's with other bands, but with chameleons, it's not like, you know, uh, a hole in the pocket. It's not like you're throwing money down a black hole. You get it back in spades, but you have to front it. And, you know, it's not always possible to front 15 or 20 grand, you know, which is basically like a lot of the time is what, you have, what we have to do in order to make a North American tour happen. And that's difficult and just completely yeah. understandable. I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, you haven't got twenty grand burning a hole in the back of your pocket, and no, yeah, and logistically, no. it's very, very difficult to 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 plan tours abroad. It's it's unless you're a big, big name on a big, big label. It's but booking booking it wasn't booking. It's not for us. It's not difficult. No, um, no, not so. No, I mean, all I all like you know, either a, a representative of ours, or you know, in the past, I've done it. You know, in two thousand eleven, I I did it myself. I did it myself for the Chameleons in two thousand and two. Where I just phoned the fucking venue up and went, where the chameleons want to play. Yeah, what do you want? Uh, we want a two grand guarantee. Done. And that was it. 
Yeah, well, that, that's the least of your worries. I mean, I, I don't think you're ever going to be clamouring for, for, for people wanting to see you. It's just a matter of getting over here. So the reason yes. I ask is, of course, I mean, I, the only opportunity I've ever got is seeing you in, in Toronto or, or back home. So, again, just purely being a selfish bugger on my part. Yeah, um, it's the rest of it. It's the front end, you know, all the front end, you know, the backline arrangements, getting the band from A to B, getting them hotels, all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's colossally expensive, you know, and... Um, more so every year. More so every year. Yeah, and uh, it tends to be the case. Uh, the, you know, the musicians I speak to on a regular basis, they, they all have the same. They all have the same outlook. They want to do it, but in terms of it being a cost, cost. Uh, well, it's actually cost dissuasive. It, it's very, very difficult yeah. to, to, to organize, and uh, and every every penny's precious. And right. maybe maybe a you know a Kickstarter crowdfunding thing would be the way to do it again. So yeah, it's the only way. Well, for, for most people, for most and people, especially now. I couldn't believe it this morning. Uh, it's, uh, I can get 58 pence for a Canadian dollar, which is scary. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we live in hope when it comes to, to that. that. You know, we're still, you're still living in the wake of, of the stupidity of last week. It's going to take yeah. a while for it to subside. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's a whole different discussion. You know, the impact that that's going to have on, um, you know, independent bands, punk bands, touring Europe. That's a whole different, that's a whole. Oh, at least. I mean, just, just, just travel and being able to be borderless in itself in any capacity is going to be categorically removed. And it doesn't take a genius to figure out that's going to cause massive, massive issues. But again, issues. millions I mean, of... You know, it, it, you know, I can remember the time when, um, you know, when we were just the e European community, um, when we still had borders in place, uh, and the amount of ball lake it was to tour... Um, you know, and the amount of money that it costs to have equipment kind of because you have to itemise everything. Yes. Everything's got to be itemised and it's got to be checked and rechecked. Well, it used to have to be checked and rechecked. And every border that you entered and every border that you left. And, um, you know, sometimes you could cross three borders on a day. So that was kind of a lot of work. And it was a lot of paperwork. And, and you know, you paid money for that. And, and, and the modern equivalent of that would be, you know, a touring licence because now the borders have gone now, right? So, um you'd have to have some kind of like advanced monetary system in place where, you know, whereby you bought a license to tour, a permit. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's all sorts of logistics involved in that. And I mean, and to tour the United States, as I was just saying, um, you know, the preparation of that, that you have to go through with the American embassy and all the rest of it is expensive, very, very expensive. So I can see that, you know, potentially happening in Europe, you know, if they, if they haven't got the freedom of movement thing anymore, uh, then that is very real possibility. A band, you know, a young band, a punk band, an independent band, wanting to go to Europe to do tours, will have to pay a lot of money for the paperwork to go and be able to do it. You know, and it's ridiculous. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. But yeah, we're going back on onto that. Well, no, it's fine because because it's, it's entirely relevant. Uh, but my my last question to you is absolutely irrelevant. But yet I've got to ask it. I'm creating a poll for the for the podcast, and everybody I interview, I present them with a hypothetical situation. If you're around my place for for a cuppa, put the kettle on, we're sitting down watching watching a football, and I bring out the biscuit tin. What does Mark yes. what what does Mark what does Mark Burgess plump for? What does he what? What do you plump for? What what's the if you can only have one biscuit, what would it be? Would it be a bourbon? Would it be a hot knob? What would you be choosing? Chunky Kit Kat. Oh. Tell you what, you, you again, 
You're going to have to, you, you force me, you force me to create another column in my spreadsheet. Okay, so, so Chunky Kit Kat it is. Um, so we're going to go from the, the completely irrelevant to me thanking you for, for, for being so candid, giving me your time, letting people know what, what you're up to and, and uh, having us uh, uh, look forward to hopefully some, some new material when, when everything, all the stars align with the people that you're going to be working with. Um, I've been a fan of yours since since day one. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I will get, I'll shoot you a line, Mark, when the uh, the podcast is up for download. Uh, in the meantime, um, keep keep ranting, keep 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 doing. Yeah, what you I'm keep, about keep... something. I don't know what it is about uh, telephones and uh, uh, iPads and whatnot that makes me think that the person on the other end of the phone is hard of hearing. But, um, no, believe me, people people are listening. People are listening. Well, people are listening to you, Mark, and and. Uh, for good reason, because you, you speak, you speak sense. And uh, thanks so much, and I'll be in touch uh, imminently. All the best. Thank you, Dara. Thank you very much indeed, mate. Take care. Take care, mate. Bye then. Well, to say that was interesting is a gross understatement. Wonderful stuff from uh, Mark Burgess. I hope that uh, those of you that uh, are fans uh, are even more so. Uh, as a result of uh, some of the tunes and uh, the banter that we've just been uh, subject to. And if uh, you were unaware as to who the chameleons were prior to this particular podcast, I hope that I have converted you uh, and appealed to your taste. Go out and buy lots of records by the chameleons. Uh, Leaving you this week with something from the uh, Chameleons Vox EP, the title, uh, not the title, but the lead track, uh, Sycophants. Uh, and uh, you can also uh, follow them at chameleonsv.com or you can go to Chameleons Vox. I'll put all this stuff in the show notes, as I've mentioned numerous times. Here's Sycophants.
tremendous stuff that that's Sigavan from uh, Chameleon's Box is only released to date the M plus D equals one bracketed eight maths was never my forte should have asked Mark what that meant really shouldn't I um, anyway that's uh, Sycophants from the four track we did hear the uh, the fourth track earlier in the show as one of two cover versions featured uh, uh, as Cover Me we gave you a double dose today we gave you the uh, the Chameleon's Vox uh, uh, rendition of Across the Universe by the Beatles and we heard uh, Quicksand uh, blaring at you their interpretation of the smiths how soon is now thanks so much for listening my thanks uh, my sincere thanks to mark burgess i'll be back uh, next week for episode 12 with uh, willow robinson being the feature artist next week all the best take care